the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Kuralt, CBS News, of WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus. Sadbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kay Kaiser. Hi, yo. Well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard. And Jim Reed. And Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam. And greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Waynetta is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as... This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Lightman, WPTF News. Good evening, I'm David Sherrill. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Gale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Garden Report. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Tom Kearney here. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike Ann and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here, along with Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams, who is one of the folks in charge of that uh, Centennial Campus grounds over there and was uh, for many years the Governor's Gardener. So uh, give us a call at 919-860-9783. Seeing more and more birds out there. So don't forget to feed the birds this winter, especially on a day like this. Our our friends at Bur- Wild Birds Unlimited in Cary and Raleigh have given us a tidy cylinder feeder filled with some of their famous no-mess seed, plus a colorful Backyard Birds 2023 calendar. The enter to win, you just have uh, today, and the deadline is tomorrow, February 19th. To enter, all you have to do is go to the contest tab on WPTF.com. So thanks to our friends at Wild Birds Unlimited 
Thanks to uh, Dan Danford, who is uh, in charge of the flower show area at the State Fair. What a beautiful area that is. Dan says triclofear triclofear will uh, kill Creeping Charlie yeah, and is, not hurt the turf grass. That is the camel. Yeah. It's, got, it's the main ingredient. Right. So, uh, is that Dan that works out with Phil? Yeah. And uh, is, is, uh, does such a wonderful job, a mammoth job there at the flower show area. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Busy guy. Thank you, Dan. Uh, back to Miss uh, Rose. Rose, uh, finish your thought, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to tell you that um, it's time to – I planted my onions uh, plants. Onion sets, right. Yep, and also I had some Irish potatoes that sprouted, and so I planted those. Yeah. And so we don't grow a lot of, uh, lot of potatoes here. That's more of an Idaho thing, but we we can grow some, but we uh, we have to be a little more particular about them. Oh yeah. Now you have uh, you have sandy soil down there, don't you? Well, no, I just have good rich soil. Here. Okay, well that makes a difference. <laughs> but we uh, we specialize in before you get to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we specialize in in sweet potatoes. And oh, can, okay. Yeah. They can take a whole lot more than uh, the Irish potatoes. That's right. They have yeah. to have a lot of rich land. Yeah. But anyway, um, I wanted to tell you about that and also comment on how beautiful Japanese magnolias are this year. They're yeah. gorgeous. Now, how, how's that different from the plain old southern magnolia? Pardon? How, how, how different is that from a well, dis- southern magnolia? Well, it's, you know, it has deciduous. these kind of pinkish, lavender pink blooms right now. Oh, your saucer. Saucer yeah. and uh, then, of course, uh, the uh, star magnolias. Yeah, the, the saucer is what they call it. And I have both. I have that really large one and then the regular one. Yeah, and there are some, some really deep. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pink, but it's a really deep pink. Right. Uh, that I see some varieties uh, here in Raleigh that are really pretty. But the weather has really worked with, for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've noticed the star magnolias come about the time the forsythia blooms. Yeah, and they get hurt quite often. Right. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if they – I'm sure they fared fared okay. We haven't had any really bad weather uh, lately, at least no. since Christmas. Really, really cold weather, so – Fortunately or unfortunately, I dread uh, the insects this year because uh, they didn't, they weren't beaten down at all. So I think we're going to have more of those. Well, Rose, I, we always appreciate you calling us. I hope folks will uh, will buy your your book about. Well, thank you. Uh, and and on, on Amazon, it it still sells to my amazement. <laughs> I'm sure, sure it does, and uh, we appreciate you being a part of the show. Thank you for letting me call you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Richard is next. Is this Richard the Engineer? Hello? Oh, this isn't Richard the Engineer. This is Richard from North Raleigh. Hey, Richard. Good morning. How are you guys today? We're fine, thank you. I hope you're well, sir. So my question is, um, hydrangea shrubs. Um, I've got a, a friend that had their deck taken down and and uh, she's got a bunch of hydrangea shrubs all around it, and they're getting ready to put a new one in. So I dug them up. Um, um, are they going to do okay? 
Uh, well, a lot of it is relative to how long they had been in the ground, how big they were, what type they were. But generally speaking, hydrangeas are a pretty tough plant uh, and, and can take being relocated. Just you'll, it's probably going to take a lot of water to keep them happy this, this first summer especially. Sure. Yeah, what, Richard, when I move one, I try to cut it back some so it won't flop around. And that that seems to help in moving them. Sounds and good. I uh, I guess uh, somebody um, else re- replied to the lady that was trying to get rid of the tree, creeping Charlie. Yeah, Tricor is uh, one that's got to do it, and they, she can find that in a product called P Zone by Gordon. Uh huh. All right, and uh, that again, that is dicamba, so yeah. you can you can look. Uh, look for either and uh we hope that works so, so that's worked pretty well for you richard yes it is yeah yeah it's, it's yeah it does, does good do you obviously you've seen do you know what type of hydrangea it is was this a mop head or i'm i'm pretty sure it's a mop head when i look at it i can see some new i can see some new growth coming up but then i also saw buds on, on older wood yeah how so, how, how tall was this particular one were they uh, they were probably about um, about thirty inches tall, but um, and a couple of them were pretty good. You know, when you look at the base of them, um, they're probably you know anywhere around um, twelve to fifteen inches in diameter. Yeah, I I think that's a good size. You're probably okay. You know, some of the older mop heads, you know, only bloom on old wood. So if you have to prune it back some, you may not see much activity this year. And sometimes when you relocate one like that. The first year, they may put all their energy into getting rooted and might wouldn't bloom as much anyway. But your newer uh, varieties of mop heads, you know, bloom on new and old wood, so that's not not as much of an issue. Okay. And who is our um, who is our resident um, local expert on tomatoes? In the well, world? Gerald is. Gerald, Gerald Adams, right over Gerald, here. Gerald is. He's uh, certainly uh, – I got lots of practice. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there any way I can get an email or a phone number I can... Uh, well, yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. opportunity to mention a website. Uh, yes, my website is GeraldAndHenrysPlants.com, and that's A-N-D, Henry's Plants, both plural. That You can also email me at that, GeraldAndHenrysPlants at gmail.com. Do you mind spelling that out, please? G-E-R-A-L-D-A-N-D. H e n r y s p l a n t s at gmail dot com or just dot com if you want. And to a go partridge to, in a pear. Yeah, yeah, to my website, which has the the this year's grow list already on it. Okay, let me let me let's go back. I got eight. Uh, here's where I'm at. I'm at Gerald A N D H D N. Yeah, yes. Gerald A N D. That's you know Ann, and then Henry's H E N R Y S H E N R Y S, and then plants P L A N T S. See, I can't spell, but I can remember that Gerald and Henry's. So that's how that came about. I hope all the English teachers who <laughs> listen to the Weekend Gardener are are listening, and we're you, you, we've got a little spelling bee going on this morning. 
Okay, so that's your Gmail address. You said you had a website well, as it's well? It's the same thing. You would just put do.com instead of at gmail.com. Okay. All right, I appreciate that very much. You guys you, have a great day. You too, Richard. Thank you okay, very, very much. 1020 WPTF time. Don't ignore the warning lights, whether you're talking to your boss or uh, – <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> talking to your boss or that frown you're talking about spouse, frown or, yeah. uh, warning lights in some cases uh on your dashboard uh, too you need to certainly check those they could lead to serious problems either way uh, valuable valuable tip from the folks at king's auto service uh check engine light comes on it might not be anything except <clears throat> you've got uh a loose gas cap uh, or you could have a serious misfire, and you don't want that. If you got a, one of those uh, really expensive vehicles that says you better put premium gas in there and you put regular gas, well, you're going to get a misfire, and you're going to tear the engine up. So misfires, you won't definitely want to check. You want to check it out when the check engine light comes on. If you uh, see any of the warning lights, contact King's Auto Service immediately for a diagnosis they can straighten everything out and if you have a hybrid vehicle more and more people are buying the certified hybrid technicians at king's and they're ready to diagnose and give you available options for most anything the main thing is a high voltage battery so if you've had a uh, a hybrid vehicle for a long time 150,000 miles or so you, you want to make sure that that battery is in good shape. So take it to them and, and get that checked out. And they can also provide a replacement for less than the dealer will charge you. Call Kings on Monday to schedule a courtesy battery analysis or most anything else. Kings Auto Service, easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. Kings Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up here in WPTF. We'll talk to Rachel in Nightdale and Gloria in a High Point. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. It's 1026. Rachel is in Nightdale. Rachel, good morning. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. How can I'm we help you? Stomping at the bit to get out and start planting something. Well, it's a little, a little chilly this morning, but you can do that. What um, do you want to plant? All kinds of things. I specialize mostly in flowers and, and blooming shrubbery and stuff. I don't do vegetables. Yeah. So you could plant, you could we, plant a camellia this morning. Um, I don't have a whole lot of shade for camellias. But, uh-huh. uh, well, I mean, some of those, um, some of the japonicas can, I mean, some of the uh, sasanquas can certainly take full sun. Now, Rachel, you know you can find a square foot somewhere. <laughs> the uh, yeah, you you put a sasanqua out there. I see a lot of them. In, I see a lot of them in full sun. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, no, no. Uh, 
I do have some in the full sun, and they're doing very well. Yeah. So. But you have talked about two things this morning that I wanted to do a little follow-up on. Uh, I have been searching for a couple of years for uh, old-fashioned azaleas, yeah. particularly the karoom. That's the one that has the beautiful foliage. Um, it's, the blooms are almost a bonus for it. They're worth growing because they have small, dark, shiny leaves, and um, I haven't had any luck at all in finding any. I wondered if maybe um, there was a garden club or some individual who just you know grew them as a hobby. If they do, please call in. They're that probably are a lot of people. There's two like. things you can do. One, call uh-huh. Phil Campbell at Campbell Road Nursery. Okay. And tell her to check with Buds and Blooms Nursery out of Brown Summit, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, I know that they grow it, but they only sometimes have it available at certain times of the year. Oh, you could call. She could call the commissioner of agriculture, well, and, not, and he lives in Brown not, Summit, not far from not could, far from the nursery. He could probably walk there, but it's probably easier to get up with Field than the, than the commissioner. <laughs> probably, Trotsler. probably. And you could ask her to check with them about when they might would have it available, because I know they grow a lot of the older varieties, but they only have them available at certain times of the year, and they sell out real fast. The second uh, thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The second thing you can do is contact the Wake County Garden Club. They have an azalea sale every year, and they bring in azaleas from... Is that the Men's Garden Club or, or uh, well, gar- Gardeners of Wake County? used to be, but it's the Gardeners, Gardeners of, of Wake, Wake County. County. Yeah. When they do their azalea sale, they bring in azaleas from I don't know how many different nurseries, and you will often see the widest variety of azaleas and lots of the old-fashioned azaleas at their sale right. each year yeah great advice thank you and i think rachel they will be at the state farmer's market this year because phil said that she couldn't accommodate them this right. year right that didn't have enough room yeah and uh, i mean the state fairgrounds yeah oh they're back at the state fairgrounds okay they were there for years and years well i have both well, of those uh, rachel i I, I love those old-fashioned ones that, that have been there in my place for at least 75 years. Rachel, hold on a second. We'll be right back. Okay. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All righty. We're back on WPTF at 1033. Rachel, uh, did you want to finish your thought? Uh, yes, I wanted to ask about the dicamba. Yeah. They have a real problem with the creeping Charlie. Um, but mine is mostly in borders. And I want to know, is dicamba just like a regular weed killer? It, it, yeah, it is. It's, it's a broadleaf weed killer. It's not going to hurt uh, the grass, but it uh, certainly anything in that bed. It, yeah, you wouldn't want to spray it on your other, if you had some perennial plants in there, not likely to hurt. It would kill your day, Lily. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I would be leery of spraying it on the day lilies. Yeah. Well, for whatever, it, it my creeping Charlie originated from a hanging basket. Uh oh. <laughs> well, it's a you know it's called a, it's called an ivy, but I don't I don't know that it really is. Yeah, they called it Swedish ivy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 
Well, darn. I know they should go to jail for something. <laughs> I know, Dad. Go about, well, we we got them a lawyer right here that can uh, <laughs> either prosecute or defend. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Rachel, very much. Bye. Bye, bye. We're gonna head to the triad twice here. Twice. Gloria is in High Point. We'll get to you, Scott, and Winston-Salem here presently. Gloria, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning. You are my weekend companion. Oh, thank you so much. Up here in High Point. I used thank to go, uh, when I was a cadet at Oak Ridge Military back in the 60s, I w- uh, we used to go to Lums in High Point. It was kind of a stretch. Yeah, they had chi- kind of chili burgers or something. We've spread out up here. Yeah, I'm telling you, you sure have. Well, the triad is so big anyway. How can we help you today, Gloria? Your own animal now. Yeah. Highways and everything. I know. All those bypasses. How can we help you? Well, I actually, a couple of things. Um, in the, I would say, 80s and 90s, there was this author. And he had remedies for everything. If you had ants, put down cornmeal. If you had ants in the house, put down cloves. And I don't know his name. I mean, he knew how to get rid of yellow jackets and carpenter bees. And it was a book. And I, I, I'm trying to locate a source like that. Uh, yeah, I had that book, too. His, uh, name, and- his name is Jerry... Baker. Yes. He's been on this show before. He's passed away now. But Jerry Baker wrote a lot of different books, and he had some interesting recipes for for helping plants or killing plants. But you know what he was before he, he became a, a, a world-renowned expert on gardening? He was an undercover narcotics cop in Detroit. <laughs> That's hard to believe. I know. Well, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. But, uh, yeah, if you'll look, uh, Jerry Baker's books, I'm sure, are, are still available. I'm sure. Okay, Amazon will have something, I'm sure. Yeah. The other thing is, I am a senior working with a budget. And about 16 years ago, I moved into this development, and everybody had the same landscape, you know, the same. Trouble. That's right. When I was growing up, that's the way it was. And I want to refresh. And the Homeowner Association says it's fine, but it's kind of costly. Is there anything my extension service might be able to offer me or advice? I'm pretty handy, and my husband's pretty handy, and we don't mind doing the work. We've already amended the soil based on what you've, advice you've given in the past. So we're ready for something to get full sun all day, every day on the front of the house. Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a very southern thing to share plants. Uh, my first thought is is maybe you have friends who have uh, you know, plants that they would, they have too much of, too many plants of the same kind or yeah. or, or, or uh, bulbs. Or, or, or join a, a local garden club. Join a garden club. Close to you. I, I know when you can catch uh, the Wake, Mount, Wake County uh, Master Gardeners during the warmer weather set up 
you know, on Saturdays at the Raleigh Farmers Market. I'm not sure what they do in Durham, but I, I'm I'm sure they've got some. Well, she's in High Point. Oh, High Point. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, there may be something there similar to that as well. If you would call either the the master carpet of extension and the master gardeners, I'm sure and yeah. that would be a way. Like if you took pictures of the front of your house or where you wanted to do something, going to somebody like that could look at the picture and make recommendations. Yeah. They but, would certainly have recommendations. They couldn't p- provide the plants, right? But, uh, your your neighbors might be able to, or you could, you know, they might have some other resources for you but i have spoken at garden clubs all over the state and basically it's people like us that are just crazy about plants and sometimes they have an idea but they want to bounce it off like-minded people and you're always going to find people in the garden clubs with such a wide range of experience that they would be only too happy to make some suggestions and like mike says they might be thinning out something they have or know of a free or very inexpensive uh, option for for some plant material. Well, okay, Gloria. Knowing homeowners associations like I do, I would think that you might be wise to check with them before you absolutely plant anything. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Tell me about it. The police will be through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the uh, homeowners association police certainly would be Man alive. Yeah, that's that's a real contentious issue in North Carolina that I'm I'm hearing more and more about i'm not all that uh familiar with the greensboro farmer's market but i've got to believe there's got to be some kind of possible you know help there up there off of 40 you've been there before gloria i just wanted the advice the design right i don't mind the expense of the plants Oh, okay. I, but what I can't. Oh, okay. Well, I, then I misunderstood. Well, I think I think you can get that one from talking to the master gardeners. I know there's got to be someone there in the Guilford County area. Uh, oh, th- that, I to, could go to the extension office. <clears> yes. Talk to them, and they should be able to refer you where you could actually see with someone in person. And and quite frankly, a lot of your better garden centers usually have got somebody there that you can bounce ideas off of but having one a picture of your house that will show the windows where you don't want something but so tall because of a window or and how it's which how much sun is getting or how much shade is getting or whatever those are the type things i ask people when they're wanting me to make suggestions do you want something evergreen do you want something that blooms do you want something fragrant how tall can it get how much sun does it get how much shade so when i can see a picture it kind of answers a lot of those questions for me and sometimes you may want to have you may have a few things that you like well i said i'd really like to keep this and this but the rest of it needs to go so that's easier to explain with a photo. And I did just want that curb appeal and the free advice. Yes. <laughs> well, well, us gardeners like talking, so. <laughs> oh, okay. If you, will, uh, if you will Google landscape design in North Carolina, there are, there are publications, and uh, it looks like they have different publications that develop a base plan, conduct a site survey, identify, uh, design concepts, these little pamphlets that, or articles that might help you. But uh, design landscape design in North Carolina, and uh, this is through the Cooperative Extension Service. 
I'll do that this afternoon. And I think this is what I'm looking at as part of the Extension Gardener Handbook is what is, is what the textbook for Master Gardeners. And by the way, that it is all available. That book is available online free. Cost okay, you about fifty so, bucks to buy, but uh, it's online free if you want to use it. So check that out and see if that helps. So if I Google, yeah, landscape, landscape design. design. That's what I did. Landscape design in North Carolina. It came up. Let's see here. Let me go back. Landscape design slash NC State Extension Publications is what it came up, and when I okay. clicked on it, it, it gave me uh, that section of the the Master Gardener Handbook, the the their textbook. Okay. Yeah. So see if we that helps you some too. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. We Thank you, and tell everybody in High Point to listen to the Weekend Gardener. One final thing. Yeah. Give me some advice on these yellow jackets. Well, I, <laughs> Watch where you step. <laughs> I don't know. They, well, they, the, that's a the, real scourge. The there. Yellow jackets and carpenter bees is two completely different worlds. Uh, the carpenter bees. You need to do a show on just that. Are, are not going to bother you to, to the yellow jackets. Unless you're made are, out of wood, or uh, you got or, a wooden leg or something, you are trouble. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the yellow jackets are real trouble. Particularly, they nest in the ground, and they love to nest in, like, mulch, uh, tr- uh, hardwood mulch. Yeah, I, I don't know that you can you can really detect them, can you? Unless you see them flying in the area. You but can you use your husband for bait and let him walk yeah, all around him, everywhere before you go. No, ask, ask a neighbor to do it. <laughs> you want to hang on to your husband. I'm hoping Jerry Baker has a solution in one of his books. Now, the, I will tell you that for the carpenter bees, the little traps made out of mason jars work phenomenally well. Okay. You hang it up on a chain just like a hanging basket. There's a little piece of, like, cedar wood attached to the top of the jar. There are holes where the bees fly in to get to the bottom of the jar. They're attracted by the light, and then they can't get their way out. Uh, okay. And that's uh, I- and they're pretty inexpensive, and they work very well. I do appreciate it, and I enjoy the show. And I wish we had something a little bit more local, but I will try that place. Well, we ain't that far away, <laughs> Gloria. We're not that far away. It's not a foreign country here. We're just down. We're just down the road, about eighty miles. Well, that's true. I yeah. come down. We're home, folks. At the State Farmers Market. Yeah, we made a a day trip of it and had a ball right around Christmas. Time. There you go. Good. Well, you have a nice day, Gloria, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's see if Scott thinks us, thinks we're too far away. He's, he's way over in Winston-Salem. Hey, Scott. Hey, sir. How you doing? We're great. Yeah, I hope, hey, you you, hope you're well. How can we help you today? You are a long way away. Yeah, you? well, you know, it takes about as long to, to get to Winston-Salem as it does to Richmond from here. <laughs> well, uh, I'd go to Richmond. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, listen, I've got three questions for you guys today. Yes, sir. Um, I was I was the guy who called you months ago about Grazon in his um, garden, and we've gotten past that. We've decided to plant alliums and onions. Okay. Uh, to do to do away with the uh, effort, and we're going to try to plant some tomatoes in the area to see if they'll take. Great. But today. 
Um, I'm concerned about grasses, strawberries, and hazelnuts. And so uh, in grasses, my wife wants me to plant centipede. And I think I'm a little far north for that. Um, Strawberries, I need to know whether they need to be fertilized now or wait till after they've bloomed and done their things because I get information both ways. can't tell you which one's right. And then uh, hazelnuts, I'd like to plant some uh, European, I guess, varieties of the kind they put out west because I've got hazels on the property here that do well, but I don't know if they... Uh, would do well in a you know in kind of a cultivated sense. There's a fella up the road from here who does have those. They look fantastic, but he's growing them for truffles. Ooh, hmm. uh, yeah. He, he's got he's got the European hazels. The roots of them were treated with whatever fungus for truffles, and he brought them over from uh, England or wherever they had them. And does he have the hogs to detect them? <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm trying to cut back on that. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Me too. But he's uh, he's also planted some kind of a variety of an English oak that would take the place of the hazels. So in his mind, hazels were a short-term solution to getting the fungus spread out in the soil for the oak. I'd like to plant hazels for hazelnuts. That's what I had uh, as a young man, and uh, you've got to plant something, so there you go. Give me some advice. What, can I plant centipede, yes or no? Well, you can plant it, but I think you may be correct on you, the borderline on it doing well there. There are yeah. a number of uh, zoysia grasses that have a similar-looking blade to centipede if that's what your, attracts your wife to centipede is the, you know, the look of well, centipede. The low-growth low that got it. Uh, well, there's... The, the zoysia is going to grow a little bit faster, but I don't know that it's that much different uh, from the centipede. Part of what centipede grows a little bit slower because it's one of the few grasses that thrives with not a lot of nitrogen and will grow in you know, sandy kind of soils, which is why you see it so much down towards the coast uh, in that regard. Uh, but if... Um, the the slow growing is really um I, I don't think the number one reason to plant the any of the hybrid Bermudas or any of the uh zoysia grasses because they all seem to do better when they're kept cut a little regularly because it just keeps them thicker and I guess right. lusher looking in that regard. Yeah. Uh we had we had a zoysia yard in Atlanta when we lived there. And, uh, you know, the mower would barely get through it if you let it get too high. That's right. So, That's right. So you're, you're kind of forced into keeping it cut. And, and, you know, centipede can get pretty can get pretty thick, too, you know, if you're going to keep it at a, a lower height, which most people that grow it do. It's just a little bit slower growing, but not, I wouldn't say, you know, tremendously uh, slower. Your strawberry question did you were those ones you planted this past fall or ones that are existing they've been in the ground about a year uh so if they've been in the ground about a year 
I mean, you, you're right. You can do two things. One, the people fertilize after they bloom because they're trying to speed up more runners coming out okay. uh, uh, for them on that. But a lot of it has to do, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but kind of by eye on what, how do they look like and what kind of shape they look like now. Are they progressing, growing, uh, starting to spread out or what? Or do you think they need a little pick-me as the coloring good in the plants? So, yeah, I've I've taken out some of the dead leaves and and uh, cleaned up the bed a little bit. Uh, the the plants are defined, and some of them uh, actually have blooms. I've got three varieties here. I got them from a, a mail order place that you know offered that. Did, when was the last time you did fertilize them? Never. Well, and I I probably I don't, I don't think you're wrong at all to come in now. Uh, and whenever I have questions about fertilization, I usually back up and go to a slow-release fertilizer. Okay. And again, something with a, a high phosphorus content? Uh, yes, but you're not at that particular. You're, you're in the, you, uh, a year in the ground now, 12-12-12 or 14-14-14, which is kind of a generic fertilizer. It's going to do help both with vegetative growth and root uh, growth as well. Uh, and, you know, Osmocote's a famous brand, but there are plenty of companies that make slow. A Nutricote is one that I use that makes slow-release fertilizer. I think you kind of do serve two purposes with that. You've got food for it now to help put on growth and even after it starts blooms to help as well. So that's why I think a slow-release is probably a better bet for you at this point in time. Okay. Right. And I don't good. know jack about hazelnut trees. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I can act. I, I don't have any experience whatsoever. I've I've eaten plenty, but I've never grown a tree. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what I hear a lot of. I'm, well, I I know this. They Scott. They they. they up, I'm from up around Boone area, and the hazelnut tree seems to grow very well up there. I don't know about Winston Salem, but. Uh, it took a number of years to get some nuts, but right. they, grow, they grow very well in the mountains. Well, I wonder if it's an elevation thing or, a, you know, kind of get it up into a cooler zone or a chill hour. Well, you're going to be in a better zone than we are here. Yeah. Uh, so that you're, you're a, a good, big step closer than we are. Uh-huh. Well, it's just, you know, something to do. I mean, I've killed a lot of plants in my time. It's just that there's Well, so of the best gardeners there are. That's the way you learn. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind doing that, but yeah. it's, uh, uh, I see, if you don't know anything about them, I was going to ask if you could take cuttings off of them. And, you know, so I wouldn't have to buy 100 plants. I might be able to buy 10 plants and take cuttings off that. I'd take those out of elderberries and the blueberries around and it's blackberries even that so i'm i'm fairly familiar with the cutting technique the, uh, the, but the, not with that. when i did a quick little look at it the first thing that came up is they like <clears throat> loamy good draining soil yeah that's what i say Sorry about that uh and they uh will pollinate a lot better if you've got them planted in groups Instead of a stray one here, a stray one yonder, yeah, because they they and uh, such as that they don't pollen the they're not self pollinating. Yeah, they've got to have those cactus hanging down and and in in groups where they can. Uh, of course, the bees will eat them, or the uh, bees will take them and uh, do a little bit of pollination. But I don't think that's the way they've done. I think it's a win. There is a uh, an extension article 
about uh, the American filbert or American hazelnut, and uh, I don't know if that'll help you or not, but uh, if you'll just just Google that, uh, America or hazelnut, uh, growing hazelnuts in North Carolina, that will come up. And yeah, I think I've seen, I think I've seen that article. Yeah. It's just uh, you know, an American hazelnut is not quite what you're you're buying at the store or or eating. It's sort of like the uh, I think it's called a beak hazelnut. Uh-huh. It's kind of a small item, great for turkeys and things like that. Uh-huh. Maybe not so good for humans. Right. You know? Okay. But you know, it could be could be worse. Well, talk to the folks uh, in France. Maybe you can France, maybe you can import some. I don't know. Does say they like good or a lot of good organic matter too. When yeah. I was looking at them, it did say the American ones were more cold hearty than the European ones. But I don't think where you're at, the cold hardiness is is an issue. Right, Joe. Good luck to you. I mean, Scott. Scott. Good luck to you. Report back. We're yeah, report we're back. Curious on the hazelnut growing. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do, and then uh, keep you informed. Yeah. Please do. Please do. Thank you, and have a nice weekend. All right, fellas. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Joe. We got two Joes. Joe, good morning. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. We're running out of time, Joe. Don't be uh, don't be shy. Okay. You were talking about the uh, mission. Oh, this is our, our friend Joe who shows up at our remotes. Hey, Joe. Yeah, uh, but you were talking about the Michigan State University and their land-grant status. Yes. They're actually the oldest land-grant university in the country. I didn't realize that. Okay, well, they got a lot of acreage up there. They sure do. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know that, but I looked it up on Google. Oh, okay. Well, Joe, I appreciate you uh, chiming in there, and I hope you're doing okay. We're doing well. Uh, we're down here at Meadow to eat lunch right now. And uh, wait. Shame on you. I know that's uh, a good place down there. It's a good place to stop. Don't get the chocolate pie. It'll make you come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good talk with you guys. Enjoy the program. Don't eat too much, Joe. You won't be able to get back in the car. I have to carry you out. Take care. Let's go to uh, Joe. In- All right. Joe in Durham. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing, doing fine. Thank you. I planted um, several good-sized camellias last February, and they were there. They were bald and burlap, and they are probably four feet tall and two and a half feet wide, big plant. And I need to know what my um, fertilizing plan should be. Uh, I planted some... Uh, Professor Sargent, and I planted some Kramer, Kramer Supreme. Got about two minutes. Two, two very good choices. Have you fertilized them any? I have not. Put, put, want, put some slow-release fertilizer around them. Now would be fine. Or just after they – I suspect you got some blooms on them now maybe? Yeah. Uh, or after they finish blooming any time in the next 45 days – and if they, what are they, four foot tall or are they taller than that? They were, uh, four foot, maybe but, a little taller. Maybe you put one big handful, possibly two, spread it around the drip line on them 
watered in and any, you know, your, your normal slow releases, a 12-12-12, 14-14-14 will be fine. I think that will get you t- through the summer. I might would do the same thing again about, you know, first to mid-October. You've got the and, two most beautiful ones you can get. Boy, Joe. I love a professor sergeant. Looks Both like a, looks like a yeah, uh, com- carnation. So they my favorite plant. Yeah. Um, okay, so should that should I follow that regimen? I, I would follow that for this year and maybe next year, and then after that, you probably will only maybe need to do it once a year. And it just whenever you remember. I don't think it's a tremendous amount of difference whether you do it in the fall or whether you do it in the spring, whichever's easy for you to remember with. But since they were ball and burlap and had that big of a root system already, that's why I would do it, you know, six months apart, twice a year for this year and maybe next year. And with that, we're out of time, Joe. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Brother Rufus, we'll see you next week, my friend, and Nelsa and Pam Beck. Nelson Cox and Pam back here next year. A, a duo. A lot of trouble next week. You've got yeah. to learn to leave the, the table when love's no longer there. That. Cliff Joyner. <laughs> All right. Gerald, thank you, buddy. <laughs>